from the global village in the age of communication. New York City. It's the luminaries. Oh, thank God I'm back. I know it's only been a week. Listen, we are definitely talking about Fran Lebowitz, definitely talking about Rosie Perez. I think there's a rant going on about Accutane and how that relates to me being a Taurus son. Just stick around. You'll be fine, I promise. Yeah, I was going to make a speech, but I just can't be bothered anymore. I mean, this used to be, like, fun, you know? Yeah, it used to be fun, but I'm getting bored of all the fun bits now. You know, your endless bloody lunches and launches, you know, no career celebrities and party desperates. And what for, huh? Some colony of crap tags and mags? Well, I'm sorry, there has to be a little more than that, doesn't there? You know, I had a speech, you know, my integrated projected global tele-network system, bloody system, system. But you know, if that's what the world's coming to, I don't want to be in it. No, I don't want that. I don't want to be in some sort of cyberspace, hyper-virtual, bloody reality. I don't want that. Exchanging emails with some old-age bloody hippies with more information at their fingertips than is safe to know about. I don't want that. What kind of reality is that, huh? You know, with a 13-amp plug on the end of it? Huh? Huh? That can't be unplugged like that? Come on, I'm going. No, I'm not going yet. No, you. 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 You just sit there like you're Velcro to some bloody ad man. You know those crap head ad men over there. You know those kind of bastardization that have just taken everything that was ever real and genuine and honest and original and attached it to a toilet cleaner. Whereas I, I, like a bird on a wire, like a drunk in a midnight choir, I have tried in my way to be free. Go for it, Eddie May. Uh, go for it, Eddie. Yeah, you can laugh, but you know something? I don't want more choice. I just want nicer things. And you, you can take that look off your face, sitting there with your with your wheels and aids and starvation, you know, skimming and eat profit off the whole of human misery, labeling us all with this, with this global quilt. Well, it may not all be great and good, but it ain't that bad, so cheer up, world. It may never bloody happen. Just some immortal words from Jennifer Saunders and absolutely fabulous. Um, some of Edwina's greatest lines, including, I don't want more choice. I want nicer things. And why, oh, why must I pay taxes have really been echoing in my head. All I want to do right now is spend money. I am just becoming like, I am actually becoming, I think I am one step away from becoming Rosie Perez's character on The Flight Attendant, who's just this like repressed lunatic who is like buying uh, jade pieces on eBay and getting sucked into Korean corporate espionage. I'm obviously obsessed with Rosie Perez's character. I think that is the most specific amazing bizarre thing you could do with like a supporting character she's great actually generally i just want to say that my decades-long um beef with kaylee kuko is over you know i really and i should not have blamed her for this but obviously charm season eight not pretty and i really resented her when they did that awful stunt where she and henry cavill were like quote, dating, even though it was so obviously doctored by their agents. And it was, like, really awful. And 
you know, I don't have a lot of respect for the Big Bang Theory because we all remember when um, one of my mom's boyfriends said, I like superheroes, I should watch the Big Bang Theory. Um, never forget. Anyways, she's great. The show's great. Um, the show does a lot of things I enjoy. It, it captures a mania specifically, which I have experienced in New York, which is like, hmm, I am triggered melting down and going through it but rather than like going home and sleeping i'll just go to the next event and her character they do a really good job of like showing that lore of new york of like why sit with your feelings when you could just be awful somewhere so i love that i love any show executive produced by women because all the men on it are hot every man on um the flight attendant I do not mind looking at him and I don't have to, I am so sick. Men should be seen and not heard. And the idea that I have to like indulge a lot of these men because they're like actors, actors or whatever. I'm just like enough. We get it. It is just nice once in a while to have like the funeral episode where um, Shane hooks up with the hot cater waiter. Okay. Uh, Zasha Mamet's boyfriend is really hot. Apparently he played Aladdin on Once Upon a Time. You know that Once Upon a Time ran for seven seasons. Anyways, um, of course, you know, who did this better than Issa Rae? You can't have an extra on Insecure who isn't out of this world gorgeous. We have to give it up to Lana Wachowski because Sense8 is the most stacked show ever made. And our dear friend... Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, hello. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, however, takes it to the next level because she'll only cast gay. Not only will she cast gorgeous men, they're all gay. So if she's doing a sex scene with you, you better be tapped in, baby. You know, she's not here for it. Um, this is such a, a specific thing for me to be going off about. Just, you know what? It's fine. Um, okay. I just finished Veneno today. Just watch it, okay? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to... Okay. When people tell you to watch something, I don't do... I, I really am so sick of doing this back and forth. You haven't watched it yet. You should watch it yet. Okay, I'll watch it. You're going to watch whatever you want to watch. You're going to read whatever you want to read. If it, When you watch it, you're going to forget that I even told you to watch it eight months ago. That's just the way that life is. And okay. I will say, though, that Veneno is a life changer and we are going, we are preparing some very special Veneno related Luminaries content. Watch this space this very week, baby. Um, okay. It's a bit of a week. Um, I was happy that I didn't humiliate myself this week like I did for much of the summer of 2020 by thinking that anyone needed to hear from me, that I needed to be posting about my process, um, or that I needed to like add to the conversation. It was very refreshing to not um, and to just like deal um, with the amount of psychic, emotional, bacterial uh, schmutz in the air. Um, Obviously, like, it was very Batman The Dark Knight Rises. When The Dark Knight Rises came out, I, of course, 
had nightmares. This was 2012. Uh, I had nightmares that Mitt Romney was going to win the election and that his people would uh, come shoot me with their guns. And this was a lot of that. Um, Two-time luminary uh, and dear friend Tommy O'Malley described the Washington, D.C. protesters (laughs) as the village people. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's... It's so good. Um, it's really good. Um, but yeah, I was not sleeping very well. I'm never sleeping well. Um, I was not sleeping well, particularly with, with all of this uh, going on. I, I, can I just say something? Why are people still posting pictures of Donald Trump? why am I even talking about him on this podcast? First of all, humiliating. Secondly, when people are like sharing memes about like him being humiliated or the end of what I'm like, you're doing it. I'm doing it right now on this podcast. I'm, I'm further perpetuating this thing. I'm, I'm the reason any of this happened is because we all took the bait. You know, the reason Okay, first of all, Spirited Away is the greatest film of all time. Let's just say it. Um, Chihiro is my girl. And, you know, as much as I've... Sorry. As much as I've dragged Ariana Grande on episode one of this new season, Ariana does have a Chihiro tattoo on her forearm. And, like, that is the mark of a real one. Anyways. When No Face um, is going on, going berserk in the spa... And giving anyone gold who will feed him. When No Face, no face wants Chihiro. Um, and No Face ha- offers her a handful of, of gold. Infinite gold. And Chihiro's like, no thank you. Not only does she say, no I'm not interested. She says, no thank you. And then Chihiro said, actually I need to give you something. Because I want to heal you. Okay, this is how advanced she, God, she is incredible. As as Leila Halabian always says, she's a brave bitch. Stop taking the bait. I'm taking it right now even talking about him. You don't need to talk. I, I, let me talk. I, 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 I'm sorry that this is in the directive. I will direct it towards myself. I don't need to talk about people who are awful in an ironic way or in like a removed, distant observer way, or whatever. Enough, okay? Jupiter and Saturn have moved into Aquarius. Many of the people listening to this podcast have their North Node in Aquarius. Let's just get into nodes for a second. The moon's elliptical has a North, Northern elliptical and a Southern. The Southern, which is the dragon's tail, is the South Node, wherever that falls in your chart. That represents either past life or lower consciousness, where you are emerging from. The north node directly across the way in your chart is higher consciousness, where you are going to. That's the dragon's head. Many of us who were born in the 1990 range have our south node in Leo and our north node in Aquarius. As we know, Leo and Aquarius are two sides of a coin. Leo is the um, egocentric self-expression of of the of the higher consciousness. So it is you being a vessel for for higher consciousness. Aquarius is 
dropping the ego um, to embrace the higher consciousness. Aquarius is, so Leo is, I am a star. I am a movement. Aquarius is, as Sylvester once said, everybody is a star. We are all part of a movement. So I was just talking about this with Shayna Blass, who should be on this podcast. She's major. God, it's so fucking talented. And Shayna and I were just talking about, you know, when I was in high school, there was my space, my space. Okay, great. We are now moving into an age of like everyone, every voice, all collective, which isn't to say that your talent doesn't mean something. It just means we need to be thinking a little bit bigger picture. Okay. The idea that like my Aunt Margie still to this day is talking about how much she hated Nixon, which I get. I didn't live through it, but I'm like, why don't you hate the system that propagated Nixon? Why aren't we thinking bigger? Why are you still on Trump? Think bigger. What caused this? Where is this going? What do you even want to happen next? I I, I just want to also say, you know, I'm a lunatic. Um, my, in, in my shadow self is Amy Pascal is like a female executive who runs Sony. Um, and I read deadline every day, which is truly like the darkest psychic forces of all. But I was reading about how mean girls closed, um, mean girls on Broadway closed during, because of the pandemic. I went, which is humiliating, and I know a lot of other, but I did not pay, okay? My high school that I went to was visiting, and my music teacher from 11th grade offered for me to join them. Listen, it was a free night on Broadway. I said yes, okay? Enough. Gnug. However, I know people who paid good money for that. And then, you know, let's get into drag race. And by the way, I get it. I do this every year. Every year I say I'm done with Drag Race and then usually I get sick and I end up watching the whole season and then I get obsessed and then this podcast becomes a Drag Race podcast. So I'm not ruling out that I won't be obsessed with with Drag Race, but I do want to say that the way that RuPaul has cranked out like eight seasons a year at this point and the way we all felt obligated to go see a very mediocre show on Broadway... Um, and the way that we all feel obligated to just keep perpetuating the Trump icon. You know, it does remind me of the Larry Kramer quote, the Jews march themselves into the ovens. Okay, I'm just saying we do have a choice. You know, when Ryan Murphy comes out with a show, actually, I don't have to watch it. I can watch it. It doesn't mean there's anything. I mean, it does mean there's something wrong with me if I watch it. I don't have to watch it though, okay? There is no SS Commandant with a gun to my head. I am willingly going into the oven, okay? Which is, of course, where we come back to the mother, Franny, Franny Leibowitz. If I ever called her Franny, can you imagine? Um, Who, of course, says, you know, if the people who died of AIDS came back um, and saw what was on Broadway... Can you imagine the shock at the mediocrity? Um, Okay, obviously, the Fran show. Come on. 
Last year, Melissa Stokowski and I, this was back when the 2010 HBO Martin Scorsese for Ann Leibowitz documentary Public Speaking was on YouTube before they took it off. Don't worry, I bought the DVD. I have it. You are welcome to come over to watch it with me. I watch it every at least twice a year. Melissa Stokowski and I did Mushrooms and watched Public Speaking for the very first time in 2019, which is no longer last year, by the way. It's actually year before last, which is nice. Obviously, it changed our lives. It changed my life. It changed Fran's writing was not only quoted in every live show I would host, but it... I don't think I understood that you could not just, like, write, but you could enjoy your opinion. And actually, the direction this podcast has taken is because of Fran, because I felt like I needed to interview people and get the hell out of the way, which is fine. But thanks to Fran, I I went through this process that started with the first show. It, it was it was literally magic. The first of my housing work shows where I like invoked her and I quoted her and I quoted that part specifically about the connoisseurship and the audience of AIDS. I was talking about it in relation to contemporary the Bushwick drag scene and about how the audience is as refined as the performers. I was like, oh, wow, I actually enjoy what I'm saying. And why, what if I just enjoyed my own work? Like, what if I could take pleasure in my own work? And that was kind of a game changer. And that's been building for a long time. And now that I'm just doing this podcast, like doing whatever I want, I feel a huge sense of Fran's um, elan. Um, And I'm grateful to her for that. Fran blessed us in 2020. Um, I had just done my second round of my solo show. It was March 10th, 2020, which was the last night before the duplex and all the other theaters closed. So I really got my show in like right at the end. Julius was empty afterwards. The street were, were empty. It was dark. And I was walking to the subway with uh, previous guest Melissa Stokowski, previous guest uh, Lemon Chiffon, previous guest Dexter Driscoll, and... Um, Eternal Ancient One, roommate, drag legend, and uh, historian of drag legends, Harry Hansen slash Amber Alert, who founded uh, Legends of Drag, which you should follow on Instagram. Anyways, we are in West Village, walking to the M, and Melissa's like, David, 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 who do we see walk by? Fran. Now remember, it's about 1 a.m. It's cold. And Fran did not look happy. She looked tired. She had clearly just been at some awful event and she was walking back to her car. And the disdain in her eyes, Melissa always says Fran knew what was coming. Fran knew the pandemic was coming and she was the harbinger. So um, she was the harbinger. And I did, you know, the first show I, the first time we did my solo show i saw jake shears at julius at mattachine and then the second time i saw fran lebowitz and they're like two of the most influential people in my life and i did feel very blessed i would do anything for mattachine to be back i would not do anything to to be at most parties again where i was having panic attacks and listening to like bad remixes of things i would do anything to hear amber valentine Not Amber Valentine. Well, I already forgot her name. I would do anything to hear Michael Cavadias and company at a Mattachine giving me Bette Midler. Um, And I think it's possible. And I think, you know, 
the time will come. Um, I have been... So, so this is what I want to say about Aquarius. Um, first of all, the album World Click by Delight is so just epochal. And um, I, so Delight, yes, did Groove is in the Heart. Delight also, like, I think made music that was meant to, like, truly spread love and it was made in new york and it was meant to spread love to what they call a global village um and that the album world click which came out in 1990 um which came out actually i thought it would have come out when saturn was in aquarius like now because of course you know you think about saturn and aquarius the last time this happened was the kind of 1991-1994 um, end of apartheid period. That's what we kind of associate Saturn in Aquarius with is the kind of um, dismantling of oppressive governmental structures and a collective hum humanitarian embrace um, towards the future. So I thought that World Click, which has such songs, let's just see what we got. We have Power of Love, What is Love, World Click, ESP, Groove is in the heart. Um, build the bridge. Um, I thought that that would have come out during Saturn and Aquarius, but it actually came out in Saturn and Capricorn. We just lived through Saturn and Capricorn, which was December 2017, more or less, through uh, December 2020 with a little pause there for some uh, race riots from about March to June 2020. So it makes that album even more generous because... Um, because they really made it like as a gift to get us out of Reagan, get us out of George Bush and like look to the future. Um, I just want to read some lyrics from the power of love. Um, are there even lyrics? Um, oh yeah. I believe in the power of love. Feel the power. Let the people call me naive. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. What is it that can make a lost soul found? Love. And what is it that can make the coldest day seem warm? Love. And what is it that can bring a smile through to strangers? Love. Ugh. Give it everything, cause what you give you... Sorry. Give it everything, cause what you give you get. So give it everything. Open your heart. I believe, I believe. Power of love. I mean... Fuck. Um, but I do want to say, like, we are a world click right now. We are all a world click. And I want to say Aquarius is a sign of new technology. It is the sign of a dissemination um, of collective knowledge and data. And it is the sign of the fast delivery of the collective human consciousness. So if we think of Pisces as the shared human collective consciousness, Aquarius is the deliverer. I actually just learned, I didn't know this. Um, apparently Aquarius, so the water bearer, um, was Ganymede, who was like a gorgeous little farm boy who Zeus plucked, Zeus, gay, plucked this beautiful farm boy to be his cupbearer but apparently um when hadrian 
um hadrian who was a great great emperor of rome like the greatest probably um when hadrian hadrian had a lover a young lover a young favorite named antinous who hadrian was obsessed with and when antinous probably killed himself on the nile hadrian basically like turned the world over and turned the world into like an antinous memorial so that's we have antinopolis there's like all sort, you know, he put Antinous like on the coin of, of Rome. Um, I really, really, I can't, there's a book I cannot recommend enough. Um, Memoirs of Hadrian by Marguerite Yorsenar. It is one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. It's as if it's a biography. It's an autobiography written by Hadrian, but written by Marguerite Yorsenar. And his description of his love for Antinous, who, who died at like 18, and Hadrian just being like, look, I get that my grief is insane. And I also know that like I was truly visited by an angel and I will never love anyone again. It's it's devastating. But Hadrian went so far as to deify um, Antinous and give him an apotheosis and have him replace Ganymede as Zeus's cupbearer. So I just want to say Aquarius is Antinous the water bearer of collective consciousness is a beautiful twink. Um, and that is why, I, just to connect it, when Call Me By Your Name came out, there was a GQ piece that was excellent about Timothy Chalamet where they called him a vessel for consciousness. And the reason, you know, Timothy's a, a Capricorn, so I won't go too far with that, but he is... He is, to me, the Aquarian. He is a bearer of collective consciousness. But what I want to say about this Aquarian period that we're in is, like, we should... The period of wanting, of waiting for things to go back to normal is over. Um, the period of, like, coasting it is over. And it is time to, with good intention and excitement, start thinking bigger with what we do. Uh, and I, you know, this has been happening with pretty much every reading, but I'm just like, how can you change your work so that it, first of all, can adapt to new technology, which is very hard for me because I am 30,000 years old, but also how can you start thinking bigger? How can your work be going out there? Um, and Henry of Henry Kapersky, previous guest, of course, brought up like Carolyn Mace, uh, who's an intuitive healer, would work one-on-one -on -one with people, and then she got sick of it, and she was exhausted, so she just started teaching people to heal themselves. And then she could do it, like, en masse. Uh, is that how, Did I pronounce that right? Whatever. Um, so there is this aspect of, like, can we be thinking bigger? So, you know, that is something um, to think about. I... My skin is dying... I am a desiccated mummy. I look like a Naksunamun in the, the the Mummy and the Mummy Returns. In the Mummy, when Imhotep brings a Naksunamun back, but she hasn't been transferred into Rachel Weiss's body, and she's just like this crypt hag. Um, that's what my skin is like right now. And you are gonna say to me, no, babe, your your face looks great. Well, my face looks great. Because I got Accutane for my face. I did two rounds of Accutane senior year of college. Thank you, mother. Changed my life forever. But Accutane is magic most evil. 
Accutane is dark, dark, dark magic. The fact that it is legal in any country is shocking to me. Um, I am convinced that it made me, like, bipolar. And it has led to a lifetime of skin sensitivity. Worth it? Yes. However, and let me just say something to you right now. If I complain about my skin and you say to me, do you have a humidifier? You better get the hell out of Get out of my goddamn face get out of my what does buffy say to spike i want you out of my uh i want you out of my house i want you out of my town i want you off this planet um i I can't yes right now there's a humidifier pumping into me the only thing that's been helping my skin actually and let me tell you i have castor oil i've gone through a tub of aquaphor in two weeks and i have jojoba oil The only thing that's helping is a salve that Tommy O'Malley, who now runs Daddy Earth, made. It's it's called his Salve Regina in the in the note of Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, Tommy, you should follow Zaddy Earth on Instagram. Tommy is usually at the Union Square Market. Um, It's literally the only thing that is keeping my skin from just peeling off. Um, I tried to watch Attack on Titan. I I just, I can't, you know, there's something about anime with the the melodramatic pacing that I really struggle with. Um, However, the cotton thing is taking me to a new level, which to return to the ab fab, I just want nicer things. Why am I still sleeping in jersey sheets from Target? Okay. When do I get to say I am buying unbelievably expensive, like, bamboo new technology bullshit sheets from the internet okay and today uh dear friend gabby hornig and i were at beacon's closet and i just said i was like you know i think i don't want to be wearing schmonces anymore schmonces of course which i learned from my mom's best friend lily is classic yiddish for like rags you buy on the street it's not a shmata. A shmata is like a literally just a rag you like wrap around yourself or you clean the floor with. Schmonces is just like what it's it's just these bags. Like why am I wearing these bags? And when I look at Depop and when I when I think about 2019 was my Jupiter and Sagittarius. We all had Jupiter and Sagittarius, but it hit me hard. And that was my flight attendant period, which is like I'll just wear gaudier and gaudier things to cover up the fact that I am not well and now I'm just like you know what I want nice sheets I want nice robes I want nice candles and I think that is me coming into touch with my Taurus and I am a Taurus son in the fourth house of home in the family um classically I have a Sun-Pluto opposition, which means that I have Pluto, planet of death, rebirth, metamorphosis in the underworld, opposing my Sun. Pluto is in Scorpio in the 10th house of career and public roles. Uh, Nietzsche had a Sun-Pluto, and there is an aspect of uh, career self-sabotage, which I think we can all agree that I have, but there is also an aspect of... um, Pluto is not just associated with Hades. I am learning that Pluto is associated with Dionysus. And there is a sense of body reclamation. And right now, the bigger question for me is pleasure. What is pleasure? Because for me, doing nice things has always been healing or coping. Not 
which is very much a um, mechanism for like keeping the boat from sinking. It is not an active uh, mode of seeking and enjoying pleasure. So I want to invoke, obviously, Taurus Queen, the Empress. Um, the Empress, the card, the Empress, which uh, the Empress in tarot is the third card. The Empress is like abundance, sexuality, sensuality, nature. Um, and when I got a West Village uh, tarot reading in 2019, the Empress was pulled as my grandmother, who I never met, Jackie, who was my mom's mom, who I never met, who I got a sense because Jackie lived in Florida. She apparently was like unbelievably beautiful and glamorous and like knew how to live the high life. Jackie, speaking to me through the Empress, was basically saying like, you need to start enjoying life. Okay, it cannot all be martyrdom and suffering. Um, and now, of course, whenever for years the card that is most you know the person i associate with the empress is luminary's guest melissa stakoski who downtown diva chinatown queen and knows how to live and never says no and is like uh, says like affirms being alive and affirms staying out all night affirms like eating well being fabulous like being alive and loves abba more ABBA stuff coming from Melissa and me. Watch this space. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to... I would love more money. I never got my stimulus check. I would love um, to spend all of my stimulus check on nice sheets. Okay. I had an incredible breakthrough with my therapist that I just want to talk to you about because throughout this these last round of episodes, I've been talking about rewatching Angel and how incredible but uh, upsetting it's been. And my therapist, who classically we all know, lesbian, and as I have said on this podcast many times, gays love Buffy, lesbians love Angel. She's been pushing me to do an Angel rewatch for a while because she's been saying... You know, Angel's themes, which I agree with her, are you don't get, like, a happy ending because you think you do. And actually, everyone is complex. We've all done bad things. We all deserve to be happy. And, like, none of us is entitled to anything. But it's actually more complex the way she explained it. But I just said to her, I was like, I am really upset about Angel. And I can't get it out of my head. And I just feel so violated that especially in season four, they took like the star actress, Charisma Carpenter and the star character Cordelia and violated her. And like season three ends with the character becoming a higher being and basically going to heaven. And then they bring her back to earth and they like destroy her and violate her in this horrific way. And she was like, you, she basically pointed out, she was like, you need to watch out for like narratives about this like perfect Antinous apotheosis and to bring it back to Antinous, i love and if you saw my show, solo show you know this narratives about women who like cross over through suicide if we think about um x-men 2 when jean gray is like this is the only way uh, i know what i'm doing this is the only way goodbye she dies to save everyone uh if we think about michelle pfeiffer at the end of batman returns um uh, I wish I could live with you in your 
in your castle just like in a fairy tale um but i just couldn't live with myself so let's not pretend this is a happy ending um if we think about Kara thrace in battlestar galactica um i'll see you on the other side okay i just got chills I really have a fixation on these, like... And if we think about, of course, Buffy at the end of season five, uh, you know, Dawn, the hardest thing uh, in this world is to live in it. And Willow, season six, saying... When they say, you know, Willow, the magics are too strong, there's no coming back, and Willow's like, I'm not coming back. I have a bit of a fetish for... Oh, and I'm sorry, one more. Hello, Dark Phoenix... Uh, X-Men, you and I are at odds. Uh, you know, uh, I, I go to this... You and I are at a quits. Um, I, my home is the stars. I have a fetish, I think, for fantastical sci-fi suicide narratives involving powerful women becoming goddesses, tapping into a goddess power, and killing themselves to cross over. And... To me, I'm like, oh yeah, that is me during my own suicidal tendencies, romanticizing this idea of apotheosis as higher consciousness through dying, through self-annihilation on this plane. And obviously we don't, you know, want to, and you know, the book I was writing last year had a lot of that. Um, and we don't really want to like get stuck there. And my therapist was like, yeah, Cordelia has that ending. And then Angel says to you, that's not it, bitch. We're going to rip her out of heaven. And like, she's going to have to go through shit and it's going to be awful, which is obviously very Buffy. And it's obviously handled a hundred times better on Buffy because there isn't this weird vendetta against the actress that we know of on Buffy. But that was good for me. And that, but, but I kept struggling with her. And, and I also said to my therapist, on Buffy in season seven, uh, one of the main characters is injured in a really like, um, he's maimed. It's very like gruesome. And it's a way, when I was in seventh grade, that episode came out um, a week after my bar mitzvah. And I remember it traumatized me in a way that I didn't sleep for weeks and weeks and weeks. And my therapist and I were talking about it, about how both shows have these things where there are these kind of imperfections where I think the shows go too far and I, I'm, I, it is there, I cannot reconcile with it. And the way my therapist said it was basically, I am not getting the satisfaction in escaping into these alternate realities that I once did. And these imperfections are basically me getting kicked out of paradise. Remember we talked about Lilith in the last episode. So there's this aspect of like, the dream the delusion that i want to escape into neptune hello um it's like when i see these imperfect what i deem to be an imperfection or a violation or a violence to me that 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 brings me back into my body i it's like it's unacceptable to me and i'm like why can't they be perfect why can't i escape into them forever and my therapist was basically like you could never fully escape into them. That's why these things are so glaring to you. You could never escape into them and you can't escape into them now. So it was good for me to hear that. Um, and I think I'm going to continue with my angel viewing because I, I do think season four has a lot of great stuff for it. Season five is great. Um, I'm buying on eBay the hottest, faggiest 
season five promo poster from the WB of Spike and Angel that looks like it's literally Queer as Folk season 30 from Canada. Cannot wait for the new Ali Alexander AIDS era gay show by Russell T. Davies. Um, but yeah, I this is kind of the work I need to be doing, which is like being on this planet. So it's very interesting for me. Um, God, I can't wait to talk about Veneno in the next episode. Don't you worry, we're going to get into it. Um, yeah, that, that I think that's good for this week. Um, we'll we'll get cracking next week. Um, let me just say, courage, mon brave. Um, you know, we're going to be okay. And um, good luck on January 17th when we have the big Uranus Saturn square. It'll be fine, but just like, you know, take care. Um, and thank you for listening. I love you. Bye-bye.